This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by somebody who's both a, a combination of brilliant and dynamic uh, and, and great empathy skills as well. We're talking today with the brilliant founder, CEO of, of Cedar, Florian Otto. And, and Florian's going to tell us about sort of the Cedar journey, where they're most focused now, what advice he'd give to leaders, and, and a little bit more. Florian, can you take a second? And introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Cedar today and maybe the Cedar journey over the last several years. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Scott. Happy to do that. Yeah, Florence, my name, co-founder and um, CEO of Cedar. Um, so Cedar is an end-to-end healthcare financial engagement platform. Um, our mission is to empower us all to easily and affordably pursue the care we need. So the company empowers healthcare consumers with an optimized journey. Um, with an innovative platform that connects the providers and the payers together for the benefit of the consumer, which is the patient. And all of that is powered by data science and interactive design to make it easy and um, simple for the patients. And, and take a moment on a couple of the, the things you're most proud of from the last six to 12 months or so. What's going right at Cedar? Where are you making the biggest impact? Yeah, it's a it's a very good question, and uh, I think there there are a lot of things. So, um, for I think for millions of families, paying for healthcare is really an existential threat. So they must decide between paying for healthcare or funding education, buying food, or yeah, or even in this high interest environment, taking on more debt, which is also not really a good idea. And and even for patients who can pay, so basically the the patients that have the money, the entire process is totally frustrating and opaque, right? So they're getting frustrated. I think most of your audience probably can resonate with that. So we've been um, extremely proud of a few things that we have um, that we have done, especially I think last year. I think the the first that we un- unveiled there um, our affordability navigator. And this affordability navigator really has the objective to ease the healthcare cost and increase the insurance coverage. So invested also heavily in generative AI. That was, of course, um, a very important topic last year. Um, machine learning and LMs did a co- collaboration with Google Cloud to really improve this billing um, transparency and access. And then the last thing we have done in the last six months was uh, was integrating real-time with health benefits account balances into the billing experience. So patients can really see within their bill immediately how much they have uh, left in their health savings or FSA accounts and directly pay from the app, from the accounts. That's, of course, really yeah, a lot of benefits for the patients. Thank you. When you, when you look at that... And then you look at this coming year, we're certainly in a spot where patients find themselves, consumers as a whole, heavily indebted, high interest rates, excess savings from the pandemic have run down, but people still spending. What are you most focused on and excited about this year coming up, Florian? What are you watching closing? What are you most excited about? 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's. It's definitely a lot of things, and I'm definitely more of the of the optimist than the pessimist. But um, I'm very excited uh, about us just continuing on this path um, for uh, towards our mission. Right? Uh, you, you might think that we already achieved that. We are very, very far away from that. So I think the, the stories of this medical debt and the, the patient suffering just literally paint, paint this clear picture. A current operating model for healthcare billing is not a formula for financial success, right? Um, so towards this mission um, and uh, how do we really get there? I think the the piece set so patient satisfaction is extremely important and we want to get that as high as possible because when when patients are happy they also come back and they can focus on what they really need to do and what they need to do is getting healthy again so we're engaging with around 25 million patients on an annual life basis which is quite already something right but we didn't even scratch the surface on that so we really want to build something that is that is big that that really transforms healthcare and not just for a certain subman a subsegment of patients that either can pay or not can pay just for making it literally, literally easy for everybody to uh, to pursue the care they need. Thank you. And you've had this great journey as a founder. You've also had a fascinating career. Uh, before you were involved in, in founding Cedar. I, I know you were leading Groupon in South America, I believe, and had a brilliant background there as well. Talk a little bit about any advice to founders and leaders that you think of as is you know that 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 you've come up with in your journey and your efforts. I mean it's amazing what you've accomplished. And, and talk a little bit about any advice you give to founders and leaders. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great question. So, I, uh, as you mentioned, Scott, I'm I'm a passionate entrepreneur. I love um, uh, building business, and somehow I think all of us have a responsibility to uh, to create impact in the world and leave the world a little bit of a better place. So, if there's one piece of of advice I'd like to give to people is to really always keep in mind on who is your customer and who is the customer you really want to add the value to. And in healthcare, it's literally the patient, right? Because the patient pays for healthcare and the patient consumes healthcare. Yes, I understand the patient's not paying directly for healthcare in most of the cases, but still they are extremely important because if they complain to the employer, then the employer will also switch the healthcare plan. So the number one advice is literally make sure don't forget about this and everything you're doing on the product delivery um, on the operational, on the customer success, is literally to helping this one entity that you started the company about. And in our case, it's the consumer. And most of it in healthcare, it is about the consumer. Thank you. And, and in terms of being totally focused on the ultimate consumer, you've also done this brilliant job of building leadership teams. And, and I know that people love working for Cedar. Talk about how important it is to build a great leadership team and have a place that people want to work. And you seem to do a great job of staying out in front, both internally and externally with your team. Talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind, Florian. Yeah, ha happy to do that. And we, we all know we cannot achieve our goals alone, right? And if we, if we do this alone, you can only have so much impact. And that was one of the, one of the reasons why I actually transitioned from medicine into business, Scott. So in, in medicine, I was a surgeon, maxillofacial surgeon. You basically are just on your own and you're doing the operation with your two hands. 
And that is not very scalable. So basically, if you want to have more impact, you can work longer hours, you can work a little bit faster, but you're totally capped. That's the big problem. Um, when you build teams, like in business, you can really scale your work through, yeah, as I mentioned right now, we are touching 25 million of patients per year. So what is important on, on a leading team? So I don't really believe in, in this saying, you need to be a nice leader or you just need to stay out of people and uh, letting them do their, their, their business. That's not what people really want. I think building a good team that has a trusted mutual relationship with each other, that has a very clear direction where they're going. So as a leader, you literally always need to preach this point on where is the company going so that everybody's rowing in the same direction. That's extremely important. And you need to also coach and enable people to, um, to, to achieve the best of what they can do. That is very important. Then as an entrepreneur, I mean, um, you know this, uh, Scott, as well, there are ups and downs. Um, so every single company going through amazing times where everything is great, and also the company is always going through difficult times where there are problems. What is important um, when you are together with your team is in, in all of these times to basically put everything into, into perspective of the longer term vision. So having a great quarter, a great month, a great year, that is nice, yes, but don't forget to think about the future, what happens in one, two, three years, because then things might change. On the other side, when things are really bad, it's also very important to somehow um, rally the troops around and saying, this is probably not how it's going to stay. There are a few reasons on why things are going to change. And in a year and two years and three years, things will change as well. So giving them the strategy on what is in there today, what is happening in a year and what is happening in five years is, is extremely important guiding them, the team in the right direction. Two quick follow-up questions, Florian. First, I'm, I'm going to ask you, one's going to be about leadership, one's going to be about business strategy. On the leadership side, people used to talk about, as a leader, would you rather be liked or respected? And certainly the old answer was it was more important to be respected than liked. It's almost like being a parent. But it seems like that world has changed some where you really have to do both, be respected and liked. What's your sense of it? How do you feel about that from a leadership perspective? If you think about those issues at all, and then I'll ask you a strategy question one moment. Yeah, I, I probably I probably agree with you on that, yeah, that you need to do both, right? I mean, um, if, if you are not liked, if people are spending the majority of their waking hours at work. If they don't like their leader, they probably also don't like their jobs. <laughs> they are either not productive or they are resigning. So that's not really helpful. So they need to enjoy working for you and they, they need to believe in you. I strongly believe that somebody enjoys working for you if the leader is making them a better, pro a, a better professional. That is important and that gives them joy. It's not necessary just being nice and being a kind person. That's not the only thing that matters, but making them productive and making them a better professional is important. Um, and being respected, I mean, um, respected is important, but but the question is how can you earn respect, right? You can re earn respect, in my opinion, which is a good way to earn respect through um, a subject matter expertise, through good leadership, 
through empathy and through coaching people through difficult or good situations. So that is extremely important. But that's that's a respect that I think um, people want from their leaders. If it's just respect because you're 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 telling somebody to do something, I don't think you will get very far in these days. Thank you very very much. And and one question on strategy. So you're a surgeon by background. You've done an incredible job in the business world. Where does your core tenets or thoughts come from about business strategy? Are there particular authors, speakers, professors that were sources for you for thinking about business strategy? Or how did you evolve as to your thinking about business strategy? Yeah, that's a, it's it's a good question. So 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 I I read of course all of the the kind of the standard. I don't, do not have an MBA by training, but I read all of the competitive strategy books, Porter's books, um, Clay Christensen, and so on. I think they were all um, helpful and good as a framework. And at working at McKinsey, you learn a bunch about yeah the, the let's say how strategy should be in a larger company. So. Maybe the little bit more counterintuitive thing, and, and, and they have helped me, let's be very clear, and I, I recommend for everybody to do this as well. Maybe a little bit more counterintuitive, what I'm doing over the last few years is I'm reading so many biographies of business leaders. Because my view is that when, you have, when you're too much down on these frameworks or strategy from, from the textbooks, you're basically more either working for an incumbent because most of them are written for incumbents or uh, this is for situations that already existed before. And usually when you build a company, you're going into a greenfield, right? So it's new situations. Um, when you read uh, these, these biographies of leaders, so like, I mean, Andy Grove's books are absolutely fantastic. I like Sam Walton's Made America, absolutely fantastic book. Uh, Gordon Moore's book is really good. It's about business leaders on how they built up a company and how they 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 went through unexpected um, situations. How did they deal with ambiguity? How did they weigh on rational thinking versus gut feeling when it comes to strategy? Actually, has given me in the past few years even more. Um, I think more knowledge and just more. Um, more more juice than any of the of the textbooks on business strategy. So so I love that you've mentioned sort of Sam Walton, you've mentioned Andy Grove, only the paranoid survive, and more brilliant brilliant founder of Intel. Any others that have particularly stood out to you that you would recommend as reading? I'm, I'm also a big reader of business biographies. Love find fascinating um, some. The ego gets in the way of the reading. Some I just absolutely love, but but my ego or their ego, excuse me. But anybody, anyone else that you've read that particularly sticks with you the last couple of years? Yeah, I think so. So I, I like Patrick Lencioni's book quite a lot about uh, about leadership. So it's kind of in between stories and and uh, and, and leading people. Uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team is, I think, a pretty good book, and and I think everybody, every leader should at least um, read probably once a year. <laughs> I'm reading it once a year because you're you're always just learning some new things. Um, I think that that was super helpful. Um, otherwise, also don't be afraid of reading books of people who have led companies literally a hundred years ago. 
I mean, I, I learned a lot from um, Alfred Sloan's book um, about general, my years with General Motors. I think Henry Ford's autobiography was actually really good. You might say, hey, it doesn't apply at all to healthcare technology talking about cars, right, 100 years ago. But you know what? There are so many things that um, that that just apply right now, and they applied also 100 years ago. That's definitely worth a read. And on the other side, you know, when a book is old, that means that book also survived for a long time. It's probably worth a read. No, absolutely. And Alfred Sloan, many people don't know this, is, is thought of often as the the, the sort of father of modern management uh, and, and fascinating, like the Sloan School of Business and, and the, the, the leader in sort of restructuring how the car companies were built and ran and stuff like that. Just a brilliant um, uh, point out. So thank you very, very much. Florian, it's always brilliant to get to visit with you. I absolutely love it. Again, Florian Otto, the brilliant founder and CEO of Cedar, Cedar, one of the great companies in America. Florian, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.